I, I think the poet or the filmmaker or the musician, the poet must not avert his eyes. You must not avert your eyes. This is what is coming at us. that's trying to find the alternate dimension where George Lucas still has a reputation. It's not this one, maybe the next one. I'm Paul Quack. I'm Paul Goodduck. Damn, that's better. And um, we're going to try something new from now on. Every episode that ends in a five uh, will be something from ye oldie times of cinema. Yeah. Back when they used to crank the cameras by hand. Back when black people and women weren't allowed to work on films. Together at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> to be segregated. Yeah. Just like not in Pearl Harbor, the movie. <laughs> Cuba Gooding Jr. couldn't get a look in. That's actually kind of true, unfortunately. Yeah, it wasn't in Reef of Madness, was he? <laughs> nope, not at all. Uh, as we shall find out, because that is exactly how far back I anticipate going with this. But um, <laughs> we're going to ease up, uh, and I think it'll achieve part of our thing about the idea that they don't make movies like that anymore. Mm. You know, we always like to try and keep it recent so we can point out the great stuff that's come out recently. But I think this will help in pointing out that we've always been making shit. I can't wait to get into some socially regressive propaganda pieces personally <laughs> oh man <laughs> oh. and then we're gonna stick it to m <laughs> yeah we're coming for you fritz lang <laughs> what you done lately decompose i'm so sorry we're gonna start relatively recently the year that aliens came out because we're gonna be talking about howard the duck in the beginning there was howard the duck George Lucas's big passion project dating all the way back to his film school days. The film was directed by William Hoyk and produced by Gloria Katz, both of whom also wrote the film. Uh, Hoyk and Katz are recognised as two of the most important people in saving Star Wars from mediocrity, but the Lucas is much stronger with this one. It did not go down well, famously. Uh, critics saw duck clouds on the horizon. Uh, as Wikipedia summarises, the appearance of Howard was criticised as being unconvincing due to his poorly functioning mouth, pervertedness, and expressionless face. Uh, the American people responded by electing it president. You can see how those <laughs> things would be like a barrier to engaging with a character. That duck that looked not like a duck. He was convincingly a duck. He was about as expressive and emotionful as the average duck I've hung about with. I mean, he was convincingly a Jordan Prentice in a duck outfit. Oh, man. Um, legendary film critic Gene Siskel, writing in the Chicago Tribune, asks, Who was this stupid film made for? <laughs> Very much the criticism equivalent of just pointing at a dog mess in a park and yelling, Who did this? Oh, the public also find that, found that it didn't quite fit the bill. Oh, Twat. Constantine the Fourth, the first century Byzantine emperor, writing on IMDb, <laughs> says it just sucks. Good acting, direction, special effects. Where were they? <laughs> <laughs> really let me down the garden path on that one, Constantine the Fourth, Your Majesty. Yeah, that was a faint and a hook, wasn't it? Gosh. <laughs> That's what being two thousand years old does. Yeah. <laughs> it really gives you some perspective. <laughs> Jaw singular. <laughs> the <laughs> The prequel to Jaws, writing for IMDb, says the plot is thin, and the idea of a midget in a duck suit is just not plausible. <laughs> no one would believe such a thing. <laughs> they were trying to... to achieve such a thing. They won't do it. It's like a cat in a bath. They put all their paws on the side. 
<laughs> I hate to break it to you, Jaw, but there's some <laughs> photographic evidence of such a thing having been achieved at least once. It's one of the costliest box office flops ever made, and rumour mm. has it that Universal production heads Frank Price and Sidney Scheinberg engaged in a fist fight after arguing <laughs> over who was responsible for greenlighting the film. It was me! No, it was me! <laughs> I want to get fired. No, I want to get fired. <laughs> Don't make me work with George Lucas again. <laughs> uh, speaking of whom, uh, Lucas, who mm. was in debt at the time, uh, had to sell his computer animation company. He was in debt because he bought the Skywalker Ranch, which by okay. all accounts is this fucking ludicrous playground of um, filmmaking. Um, mm. So he was in debt because of that. And as a result, he had to sell off the computer animation company that he had to Steve Jobs. And as soon as it was out of Lucas's hands, it magically turned into Pixar. Huh. Yeah. That's... A George Lucas-led Pixar. Thank you, Howard the Duck. <laughs> Wikipedia tells me that um, Hoik and Katz chose to work on more dramatic projects to separate themselves from Howard the Duck, which seems to be code for barely working again. More dramatic projects, like a cat licking its own asshole. <laughs> Like paint drying on a tramp. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, that was their, that became their raison d'être. They sound like titles for Luke Besson films, not Luke Besson. <laughs> Fuck. Um, Fuck. Jean Luc Godard <laughs> films. Valerian and the Planet of Paint Drying on Tramps. <laughs> I meant Godard. God damn it. Goddard, damn it. God. <laughs> never, never. That was going to be the best joke I Hashtag. ever made. And it was ruined by Luc Besson, visionary French filmmaker. <laughs> visionary French hack. Howard the Duck won four of its seven Golden Raspberry nominations, including Worst Picture. What a bunch of shit. Now, Paul, I'd like to start a new segment that I like to call Oh, What a Lovely Score. It's going to highlight all the extraordinary Good. music talent that gets roped mm-hmm. into making into scoring these terrible movies. Um, we've already had Elmer Bernstein, Hans Zimmer, Michael Kamen, and Alan Silvestri. Now please welcome John Barry, who wrote this. Huh. And this. Born free, as free as the wind blows. As free as the grass grows. Um, and now this. Now, Paul, I was reading about the film's production before I actually watched it, and I read the following sentence. Okay. The effect of feathers on Howard's head becoming erect during the love sequence took months to prepare. So, Paul, you foul man. Hell quack. Need we say more than that? Need we really? Bye, everyone. What? What was something about Howard the Duck that made you want to say more than that? Well, not only did he look a lot like superstar child actor Macaulay Culkin, there were <laughs> there were a lot of a, a lot of attempted puns, wasn't there? And I don't know about yes. you, but I think it's more important that you try and pun and fail rather than don't try at all. It's better to have punned and failed than to have never punned at all. That's it. No more Mr. Nice Duck. Every duck's got his limit. No one laughs at a master of quack foo. Well, that sounds punful. Pun off. Pun off. Shall we quack on about Howard the Duck's plot for a bit? Yeah, right. It starts. We're in um, 
a certain ducky apartment. It's uh-huh. Howard the Duck's apartment. The camera pans around all the, the gumph in his apartment. For a There's, long time. Are, yeah, for a, a long time, but without giving us anything about his character. He starts yeah. he's watching some ducky game shows on TV. Yeah, he's watching, some, a... he's watching some duck-related TV shows that reference real-life TV shows that must have dated the week after the fucking film came out, because I recognized maybe one of them as The Price is Right. It's American primetime from the 80s, right? We're in Duck America. Yeah, so he's watching The Price is Duck, and he's watching <laughs> Wheel, Wheel of Duck Tune, and then he takes out a play duck, and... Yeah. Um, Ducks off. Yep, yeah, and and then, <gasps> before, before we can figure out anything about him, <laughs> boom! Vortex. He sucked through several rooms. Yes. We see some more ducky things. I think there's an old, like another old duck person. Yep, old duck couple. Yeah, we see a lady, a lady duck in the bath with the boobs out. You know, Lovely. duck stuff. PG movie. <laughs> and then he sucked into the sky. He's waddling away yep. like a like an unbelievable Jordan Prentice in a duck costume. <laughs> he flies past God. He's got his duck tits out. Yeah, he's got his duck balls hanging low. <laughs> and then and then he's he's right through the vortex and he lands. Um, in an alley. He... Uh, don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> he tries to get into a club, and the bouncer voices the uh, feelings of the entire fucking audience and saying, that costume doesn't fool me. Get out of here. Yeah. Come back when you're in a better movie. I've never heard of such a thing, he says. <laughs> he goes in, right, and there's a there's a band playing. With, yeah. With a sexy, maybe she's old enough, Leah Thompson. <laughs> she's performing um, a rock thing. Yes. Um, and then afterwards, she goes to leave, and she's walking home when she's accosted by the two fucking bizarrest by Adrian Adrian <laughs> Edmondson and Rick Mail fucking doing yeah. the craziest performance. One of them has baby doll heads all over his leather jacket, <laughs> and they rough her up a bit. Look, there's something this film does well, and it's goons. All right, there there are <laughs> several layers of goons in this movie, and they're all magical and beautiful in their own snowflake sort of way. There's a goon scale from Hale and Pace to a- Mayland Edmondson, and these guys are definitely on the bottom side of things. And so they they start pushing her around, and then she she starts screaming for help, and yeah. also beating the absolute fuck out of both of them. <laughs> doesn't seem like she needs that much help because she's straddling one of the guys and just punching him repeatedly in the face but <laughs> luckily, luckily for her howard the duck comes out because uh no more mr nice duck he says yes and you he know, knows quack foo he knows quack foo and he uses it which basically means he has the power of awkward editing i mean if anything it was more like jujitsu duck jujitsu yeah. duck <laughs> they they but have he, a moment he, they he rescues yeah. her and she's like um well by then, and they walk off, and the weirdest fucking song starts playing. Two people who had so much together really ought to get along. Yeah. That reminded me of like the songs they play in South Park, where it's just like really obviously saying what's happening. You know, like yeah. even Rocky had a montage. Two friends. I'm alone in the night. <laughs> There's a friend. She's looking at me, and I'm a duck. Anyway, they end up back at her place. He's not very nice. She naturally starts to consider him a friend because that's how that works. <laughs> Women be uh. whack, or should I say, quack? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Make it stop! <laughs> My
he wants to get home, yes. basically. He wants to get back to his planet, so she goes to the smartest guy she knows, a janitor at a local <laughs> science museum. Played by try-hard young Tim Robbins. <laughs> <laughs> Played by throw it all against the wall and some of it will stick. <laughs> Tim Robbins. Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No. It's a duck. He comes up with a couple of theories that don't make much sense he also wants to experiment on how the duck and as soon as he realizes that he is a janitor and not a scientist world-renowned scientist he he walks off again but tim robbins does posit the theory that in an alternate reality um a, a sort of a duck verse if you will if you would god we've, we've got a sort of evolution series going on we had super mario last yeah man. last week with the um yeah you know, what happens fucking... when people evolve from dinosaurs and this one is with ducks evolved as the main like the dominant species and fucking what's it before that sound, that of, thunder. sound of thunder before that oh my so... god 2018 what is this and so after all of that, they, they <laughs> go away and... They have a fight. Howard is determined now to uh, try and just make it in this world. So he gets a job in a filthy sex clinic. Yeah, like... I... In a germ pool. Different sources have different ideas of what this place is. Did that, <laughs> um, the, your favourite IMDb parents advisory board um, have this down <laughs> as a hot tub centre? Yes, there is hot tubs. Even, even in... Utah, that's going to be a euphemism for for <laughs> fuck haven, isn't it? For fuck pools, yeah. I I had it as a brothel. It definitely looks like a brothel. It looks like a brothel is the thing, but it might just be a place where people go to have really nasty sex in mm. big pools of each other's germs without paying, like regular folk. Like regular folk. Wow. Okay. Well, they, anyway, he's do that. <laughs> he he's walking around giving towels to people who are making love in hot tubs. Yeah. Um, so they can wipe their sweaty balls. Yeah. He quits yeah. that job. That's great. That was 10 minutes of our, of our time. <laughs> he he spends five minutes on public transport getting abused by people. And then he goes back yeah. to... Well, he decides that he needs to go back to Leah Thompson because he was he was a duckhead. <laughs> he goes to a gig of hers and there's a couple of guys badmouthing her being like, hey, I'm going to have sex with her at some point, I imagine. And he's like, well, I take offense at that. And he's like, well, what are you going to do about it? You're a fucking duck. Well, I have the power of editing. And they're all dead. (laughs) He beats up John Cleese, Eric Idle, Michael Palin, (laughs) Terry Jones. This is post-Graham Chapman, I'm afraid. But it all went wrong after that. Yeah, I know, but he was a shining star. (laughs) Nice Dice shows up in an attempt to buy the the girls afterwards. He's like, hey, I want to buy these fucking girls. And Howard the Duck's like already there. And he's like, oh. See if what he got an or an unlikable douchebag character. I'll uh, I'll head off. Then. <laughs> yep. It's around the same time, isn't it? Glitter was set in <laughs> the eighties. I'll come 80s. back for the sequel. Oh fuck! So di- <laughs> that was clearly the intention of Mariah Carey. She wanted a film that could slot into the Howard the Duck verse. <laughs> that would fit it. <laughs> it's also clear now. That's what that glittery thing was. It was the other. It was the Overlord coming um, back into her. Shit. It was the need for ducks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Made manifest um, as a glittery wh- patch on her skin. <laughs> It happens to all of us. <laughs> so one of the people he beats up is is the manager of the band, and he's been taking all of their money. Look, we all know the rules of the 80s music business. Once you've successfully beaten up a manager, you become the manager. Look, not everyone can be Terence Stamp, and that's the difference between life or death in the 80s. <laughs> he's their manager now, and it's like, great, mm-hmm. what a kind of wacky adventures I'm going to get into now. Oh, Tim Robbins is back, and he's ready to just carry on the plot. Okay, well, oh, okay, cool. bye well, band, maybe I'll see you again at the end. I mean, that's good, there can't be much longer left anyway. <laughs> no, we're nearly oh, there. Oh, right? oh, 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 70 minutes. Oh no. That was the first time I looked at the clock. <laughs> when Tim Robbins reappears. So, Tim Robbins is basically like, come meet the guy out of the Breakfast Club. 
and he will be able to advise you on how best to return to your dimension. And it's like, okay, so oh no, this is after um this is after the incredibly inappropriate sex scene. Or almost sex scene. Yes, I was going to cut you off at some point, just in case you had forgotten to mention. <laughs> Don't worry the about that. Awkward sex scene where Howard the Duck is is bluffing. Basically, he's trying to give it the Billy Big Bollocks in front of <laughs> Leah Thompson, and Leah Thompson decides to call his bluff and um, make out as if to have sex with this yeah. small duck man. She gets her vagina out and starts waving it about the place, and he doesn't know where yeah. to look. His feathers on his head. Uh, fully erect, they're <laughs> stiff as a board, and he starts flapping around, flustered, crying out because he doesn't actually want to have sex with her. Yeah, and she just sort of pushes on with this. Yeah, joking, it's not, but not fully but consensual, rape, but rape joking. Yeah. <laughs> so she assaults yeah. Howard the Duck. Yeah, and the the image I will say the image of a flailing, crying duck <laughs> as a grown woman mounts him making out as if to rape him will stay with me forever yeah that's the kind of imagery that i expect when i come to a damon aronofsky film moving on tim robbins shows up with ferris bueller yeah and they all agree to go back to the lab where he can send him home tonight much to leia thompson's dismay because you know she was hoping to assault him again later Mm. uh they head off to the lab where the experiment's already been done without them oh you crazy guy scientist for you yeah and it turns out the fucking evil Dark Lord came down, but they don't know that yes. yet. But he did sneak into Ferris Bueller, <laughs> so he's in there now. Yep. Um. After after that, the the police come. They're they're arrested, and then they break out, and then they. Oh, what the f- this fucking film is this? Is this when they go into? I know, they, they go, go to, to a diner. diner. They go to the diner with Merrick from Deadwood, who's who's also the guy from Breakfast Club, who's also Ferris Bueller. Yeah. Um. And they they have an incredibly awkward dinner scene. It transpires that fucking Deadwood guy yeah. is now possessed by Satan. <laughs> yep. So that's a problem. Yep. Then, yeah, he, run- he runs away. He makes off with Tammy Gray Thompson. What's her name? <laughs> um, Whatever, that'll do. Yeah, and, and then... <laughs> so we're getting into this the third act. Howard the Duck is, and, and Tim Robbins have now got to track down Merrick from Deadwood, Ferris Bueller, Breakfast Club man, <laughs> slash the Overlord, yeah. and Leah Thompson. So what do they do? <laughs> slash 16 Candles. They Well, they jump on a biplane, don't they? Well, they jump on a fucking biplane, and at this point in the soundtrack, audience, I'm going to do what the film did, and I'm going to start a fucking incessant drum track that's just going to repeat over and over again, and it's going to do that until we get to the lab. <laughs> so we get to the lab, and she he's got her strapped to a fucking laser thing. Yeah. And he's going to zap more of his buddies into her. Yeah. Uh, And Howard the Duck stops him. Yep. Demon comes out as a big, weird, snarly thing. And he stops that too. Yep. Shoots it with a laser. But unfortunately, a bit too late because the other aliens are coming down. And so he's about to shoot the the cannon that's sort of sucking them to Earth. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, When mm -hmm, Tammy mm -hmm, Gray Thompson mm -hmm, says, mm -hmm. no, don't do that. Because if you do that, you won't be able to go home. And he's like, oh, okay, then I'll just hang out then and just shoot them with this laser gun like I did the other guy. Because that worked really well. Mm. I'll just wait then. Do, 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 do. Oh, it's still 40 seconds on the clock. Um. <sighs> oh, you know what? Never mind. I'll just shoot the cannon. And he shoots that instead. And yeah. it means he can't go home. But, you know, that means he gets to manage fucking Gemini holograms. Yeah, whoever they are. And it's worth it because yeah. he writes a song about himself <laughs> that they then perform. <laughs> He comes out on stage and um, does a bit of Marty McFly. McFly. Yeah. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Skype high five for that. Yeah. Yes. The, the crowd, the world, nay, the universe, 
chants <laughs> Howard the Duck over yes. and over again as the song plays out. I know I was, Paul. Howard, Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck. Yeah, and that's um. Howard the Duck. That's Howard the Duck. That was Howard the Duck. That was actually Howard the Duck. Come on, everyone. That was Howard the Duck. That was Howard the Duck. Um, before we start our discussion, can I just read to you the first paragraph of the character bio for Howard the Duck, the comic book character? Because I feel like it's important. Please do. Howard is abducted from his home planet and is dropped onto the Florida Everglades by the demon lord Fog, the Neverspawn, overmaster of Sominus, the Dark Domain. Hmm. He meets the Man-Thing, Korok the Barbarian, Dekim, the Enchanter, and Jennifer Kale, but falls off the interdimensional stepping stones... He materializes in Cleveland, Ohio, and battles Garko, the man-frog, for which he is arrested for disturbing the peace and mistaken for a mutant. This is Marvelverse, so mutants. Uh, during a strip search. Released because the police fear he has mutant abilities, he encounters Bessie the Hell Cow, a vampire cow. <gasps> That's the kind of adventure so that comic book fucking Howard the Duck had. Mm-hmm. The wacky adventures. And there's less... So far, I haven't read a bit where he works in a Turkish bath for a week. Yeah, this... How... <laughs> how, how do you sum this up pithily? The, the, yeah. the, 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 issue, the issue with this. It wasn't wacky, was it? It no. wasn't wacky. I think, they, I think they tried to make it wacky, but all it meant was him saying duck puns that don't work. Yeah. You know, quack foo is not no. a, a pun. You, you could have had taekwondo duck. Ah, oh, fuck! That would have been better. That's pretty good. That would have been 5% better. It's not even a good pun, <laughs> but it would have been better than quack fucking foo. Yes, it would have been. The, 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 there's, there's nothing zany about it. No. He's immediately put into Cleveland into a real world situation. Yeah. The joke being, um, oh, look, he's a duck. But like, it's just that. <laughs> and I really, I really think the unconvincingness of the costume is a big part of it. It's so rubbish. Mm-hmm. He, he does look like a kid's Halloween costume. It was hard to buy him as a sort of sarky, I'm too cool for this kind of character when he just looks like garbage. It would be one thing if he looked like garbage but actually had a believable, likeable character, but there's just nothing there. And, he, and he's not funny in any way. There was not one line. No, that's the thing is, he wasn't, he wasn't witty. He had this kind of cynical Dick Marlowe type situation going on with mm. him, but he wasn't funny is the thing. Um, I was amazed at how popular Howard the Duck actually was, the comic book. Like, my parents mm. actually have, like, annuals of Howard the Duck in the attic, weirdly. Yeah. And, like, apparently he was huge, and everybody liked him because it was silly. All of the stories, like, made fun of other comic book stories. So, like, they'd encounter someone who was clearly a knockoff Doctor Doom. And, you know, okay. and it would just make fun of how those stories usually go. He was basically Deadpool. Uh, before Deadpool. This is what I was thinking. Yeah. Deadpool really did do what Howard the Duck set out to, I think. Yeah. What was the fucking point in making in making this film? <laughs> Who was it for? Well... Who was it for? Let's start with George Lucas. Comics. It was for George Lucas. Yeah, let's start with the idea that this was made for George Lucas. Lucas says he loves the comics because they were very funny and he liked the film noir and absurdist elements. So basically he thought it was funny mm-hmm. to have the Mal- Maltese Falcon with a duck. But why did you then... The only noir element is the opening and then the weird saxophone music. 
it's not a noir film. There's no like cover up that's being unfoiled, being foiled, or like gangsters that he's got to get up involved with. It's fucking yeah. That's not what noir is, is it? <laughs> you can't just have like smokiness and jazz yeah. music and say it's noir now. No, it's got to be like a, a put upon underdog character. <laughs> but I think that's one of the reasons why it didn't ruffle any feathers. But no, ugh, whatever. Oh, fuck. oh whatever. When the deci- <laughs> when the decision was I hate made, you so much. <laughs> When the decision was made earlier on, and I read this, but I don't quite believe it, to change Howard's character from being rude and obnoxious, read Caustic and Witty, Mm. to, quotation, something nicer. Which, still an asshole, but just now not witty. No. He still complains all the fucking time and, you know, is mean to people. It's just, he's he's not funny now. I read some of the comic book and he's like, self-effacing and kind of self-deprecating in how funny he is. Yeah. Honestly, it really was mostly just just putting the word duck into sentences where it didn't belong, you know. <laughs> and also, apparently, and I read this, the focus was shifted from uh, to special effects instead of satire and story that people enjoyed in the book. So right. we've lost character, story, and wit. It's like they're playing fucking kaplunk with the story, with the screenplay. Well, I mean, for those special effects, mate. <laughs> yeah, those special for... effects. Great. Those are the ones we get to hold on to. Nine years after Star Wars? Yeah. Two years after the last Star Wars. Yeah. Now? (laughs) George! (laughs) George! Just don't... No! I don't get how he went from... This is going to be a really funny kind of wacky... You know, and some of it was universal. Apparently the screenplay was written Mm. to be animated. Which I still can't imagine being any more fun. But, okay, fine. It was written to be animated, but Universal insisted... (laughs) That it be live action. And apparently Universal were a little butthurt after passing on Indiana Jones and Star Wars. And thinking, oh crap, we've got to produce whatever this guy does next. We've turned down two <laughs> fucking money makers. What's the next one, George? What you got for us? Got a sci-fi comedy about a duck. Funded. Yep. <laughs> Green stamped. Fist fights ensue. Uh, apparently the original comic is full of like these existential things. And there's this really cool quote from the author about how, mm. you know... The difference between like tragedy and comedy is just like a matter of perspective and it's all very existential but after the release mm. producer gloria katz said it's yep. a film about a duck from outer space it's not supposed to be an existential <laughs> experience we're supposed to have fun with this concept but for some reason reviewers weren't able to get over that problem um i don't think anyone was complaining that it wasn't existential enough I had a fucking yeah. existential experience watching it. Oh, f- for sure. I mean, I looked straight into the moors of death. <laughs> Gloria Cancer posting on IMDb <laughs> a review of the film. Those critics just need to lighten up. It was just a fun popcorn film. It's not meant to, you're not meant to be thinking about it. I wish I could enjoy movies, Paul. I just wish I could. But yeah. I've chosen not to. I've chosen the path of the critic. <laughs> and now I'm not allowed. Kermode keeps tracks on me. It's just if I smile in a cinema, he'll be fucking on me with his mate, Kim Newman. And he'll break my knees. Siskel and Ebert are rolling in their graves, son. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Kermode. <laughs> oh, God. Siskel dead? I don't know. Yeah, he's dead. Oh, good. <laughs> Everybody knows this, but you can't just tell somebody they're supposed to have fun with a film. No. Because if, if they're not having fun, it's not, like you said, it's not because they're expecting something existential and didn't get that. <laughs> no. No, absolutely not. It's just, you didn't make it fun. 
I don't know. I, I think it was meant to be a comedy. That's the problem here is this is a comedy that isn't funny. And the sci-fi mm. elements and the fantasy elements are just there to like be a framework for yeah. the comedy that doesn't work. Except it then became about special effects. Well, when when, when the Overlord fully came into being, I did wonder why we couldn't have just had him much earlier on. Because I was quite enjoying yeah. him. In the, in the diner and the way, the way he spoke. And I can't remember any particular lines, but I'm sure you could throw one in here. If I remember. My powers are growing. We'll activate the laser spectroscope when I use it tonight to bring down the other dark overlords. But I, I thought when it got into the diner and, and the pace completely fucking changed and the dynamic yeah. changed because you got this overlord saying some of his things like that clip you just put in. Oh, yeah, brilliant. That... That it almost had like a big Lebowski feel to it, where okay. it just suddenly it just sat really nicely in this in this non-pace yeah. with a character that I actually thought was quite interesting. Yes, then, I like the I mean, Overlord. It, but then after the diner, then they then they go on that hop on that plane to go yeah. and escape the cops, and that takes literally fifteen minutes. Yeah, I I just went, I just stood up and walked around the room a bit while that happened because I <laughs> just knew so it was nothing. Dull. Yeah, it was just um, unbelievably dull. So they jettisoned wit, existentialism, yeah. and well, the Satire. source material really. Yeah. In favor of special effects, <laughs> action. Which dated almost immediately. They spent $2 million on a duck face that doesn't move. Um, on action that was overlong, directionless. Awkwardly edited. Yes. Like the fight scenes with Howard the Duck, that was never going to look good. No. It just wasn't. I mean, even if it had had like amazing special effects, the best you'd have had is like the scene in Attack of the Clones where Yoda (sighs) fights fucking Christopher Lee, which looks like nonsense. Maybe, you know, you shoot that and you look at it and you go, oh, this isn't going to work. And then what you do is (laughs) you think, well, how can we have Howard the Duck besting four men? If you know, if there's a room with a chandelier in, obviously you you shoot that and it falls on your enemies. If 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 you're in a bar, there's got to be something he can do with his with his smarts, with his duck smarts. He should have D and D'd as a halfling just to like get into the habit of <laughs> yeah. using the environment. You know, I think you're you're cutting onto something really important here. I think ways to fix how the duck make it animated so that it doesn't all look mm-hmm. like nonsense, <laughs> and make yeah. it for adults. That's what the comic book was for, and it's what people responded to. And I think the problem here is that Paramount wanted Indiana Jones, and George mm. Lucas wanted Howard the Duck, and he didn't really get Howard the Duck. <laughs> and, and like yeah. nobody cared, because there was, at one point, they were thinking of him over- arriving in Hawaii instead of, where was it, Cleveland? And when asked, Cleveland. Cleveland. And when asked why, the director said, oh, I thought it would be fun to film in Hawaii. <laughs> it's like no one cared they whatever could, they could have filmed it at the wind resort <laughs> god it's poor blood duck cop christ that's exactly it i i felt like this wasn't this was a kid's film with jokes yeah. for the dads that would have made yeah which would have made the dads feel really uncomfortable he works in a fucking brothel he he's like <laughs> he keeps patting girls asses and there and, are duck boobs they're duck boobs and that scene where leah thompson joke sexes him yeah it's so upsetting <laughs> for so many reasons because i mean leah thompson is basically naked she's wearing she's wearing very sensual underwear that basically yes. hug the cooch and <laughs> she's hug the cooch and it's the new ride at fort park <laughs> <laughs> it's my it's my final concept album it's gone down so downhill she's just basically naked which yeah. is fine obviously big fan of that but obviously i'm a bloody lad after all aren't after I? all hey, everyone you know me and but in what ended up being a, a pg film it, yeah. it did really feel like it, a lot of it was for kids 
that with also molesting a duck yeah. as he as he panics and tries to break free <laughs> but is not strong enough to do so please please yeah who the f- this 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 film is for ev- like everyone and no one all at once it's and it's a, it's the every everyone the part biggest I question yeah <laughs> <laughs> this is for everyone is it George? <laughs> Who are you defining as everyone here? <laughs> oh, what is me? Um, <laughs> me I think the... Steven Spielberg will uh, probably get a kick out of it if he, you know, answers my calls again. <laughs> me in the mirror. <laughs> That's not another person, George. We've gone over this. Oh, oh. I know, I know but... <laughs> so, we've got to stop this. Yeah. So, so this this <laughs> was so mean to George Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he he is never going to listen to this podcast. He's richer than we. He will... might, Paul. He's got time. He is so rich, he's not even going to hear our voices. <laughs> he's richer than most frequencies of human voice. I think Phantom Menace proves that. Yep. He, jo- uh, George, I, I really don't get what this... Uh, George? George? Jo- jo- oh. <laughs> okay. Oh, he's gone and he's everywhere all at once. <laughs> look, this was shit. Guys, this was terrible. But look, we're the, we're the positive pools. So mm-hmm. let's just have a think about this. Because it's become a bit of a cult success and that's confusing for me because i can't imagine like a crowd of people watching this Mm. and being like oh great it's this bit like you might all cheer at the dark boobs because it's so fucking weird and you might i don't know sing along with some of the songs because they're quite catchy in an 80s kind of way but for the substantial length of this movie what's getting the crowd going is it tim robbins gurning for the camera I, this one is a little inexplicable to me, I'm afraid. So a, a film that's so bad it's good has yeah. funny moments, right? Uninten- yeah. Unintentionally funny moments. Sure. Because the filmmakers didn't know what they were doing. Yes. The Overlord, for me, was intentionally funny. Okay. That that was good. It was meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I think so. The joke was, hey, it's this incredibly evil Overlord, but it's the, he's stuck in this body doing a silly voice and he's in a diner where, you know, just ordinary people are. Ha, yeah, ha, ha. Um, yeah, it works. Yeah, great. The the rest of it, it was unintentional, I'm sure, but it wasn't funny. None of it. There was none of it. Maybe there there are a couple of moments I can probably point out in the quick fire, but a so bad it's good yeah. film necessitates entertainment. It has to be entertaining, and there was nothing about this film that was entertaining. I wasn't I wasn't marveling at, at the disaster that this film was. I just wanted it to end. I'm reading some positive reviews right now, Paul. Go on. And I'm reading stuff like, also, George Lucas only made two watchable movies, this and American Graffiti. Mm-hmm. That's from T. Lucero. I've got... also. Oh my god, also T. Lucero. He wrote two. Okay, he wrote one of them in 2005, the other in 2004. Perhaps he forgot he wrote the previous one. <laughs> but a bit about my tastes. I walked out of Star Wars, brackets the movie, uh, <laughs> because the acting was so bad. Much worse than Howard the Duck, by the way. What? Nowhere near as good as Star Wars brackets the war. So fucking the war. <laughs> fucking Harrison Ford, Alec Guinness, mm-hmm. um, Carrie Fisher, <sighs> losers. Give me Tim Robbins any day. What the fuck is going on? You know, you know. Sometimes when you're in an argument with somebody and you can relax because you know that you're right. Yeah. Demonstrably, evidently, there is so little of worth in this film. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm seeing here are people saying it's really funny and I really love the duck puns. Like when looking at the positive reviews. So They're not puns. They're not puns because <laughs> they don't work. They don't make any sense. You can't just say quack foo 
And you can't... <laughs> that poster he's got in his room, uh, Breeders of the Lost Stork. No, what does that even mean? Yeah, and also a good pun advice for all the boys and girls out there. Gather around. Uncle Paul's going to tell you how it's done. <laughs> Come closer. Don't put too... Don't turn too... I'm sorry. Don't... I'm too excited about telling you about <laughs> puns. Don't change two words in the title. That's just bad form. Mm-hmm. Change one word. Okay? Breeders of the Lost Ark, Raiders of the Lost... What was it? Duck? Stork. Stork. Right. Change one of them. Mm-hmm. Changing both is too busy and it's too confusing. Also, they need to not suck. <laughs> Work on that. I need to stop reading these reviews. Why are you doing this? <sighs> Why? I don't know. Generation of Swine says... <laughs> It is so cool to hate on this, isn't it? So I'm giving it a 10, mainly because of all the folks that gave it a 1 to be in the in crowd. And partially because <laughs> Lucas was right. It stood the test of time. It stood the test of time in a sense, in that the opinion of it hasn't changed. That's for sure. Just, be- just because a midget is wearing a duck suit doesn't make it bad. Just because there, are- there is duck nudity doesn't make it bad. I mean, we love Team America. It was hysterical then. It's not funny in Howard because you were told not to laugh at it. Duck, the duck nudity in Team America, well please. <laughs> You'll remember it. No, the puppet nudity was a was a parody of like overwrought sex scenes. Mm. You know, in Hollywood, it was a parody of Hollywood sex scenes and the sort of steaminess. And yeah. by putting actual nudity in it, you kind of shock the audience because most of those scenes don't contain nudity. So yeah, and this was just a duck and, and in like, a bath with her tits out. Yeah, what the? F- it's nothing said. Nothing is said about yeah. it. It's just there, and it's weird. God. Paul, you don't don't go down this rabbit hole. Let's not go down oh this rabbit God. hole. Please stop reading. I mean, reviews. The, okay, I've I've closed the window. But here's the thing about <laughs> that line of thinking, and it pertains to um, modern controversies as well. Mm. You say to us, "You're only hating on this because it's the popular thing to do." Natural response: Well, then you're only not hating on it because you want to be a contrarian. If you believe that, like it's it's neither of us are actually addressing each other's points or thinking about what we have to say. We're just trying to dispel the other's argument without actually engaging with it. Hmm. We're saying here, Howard the Duck isn't funny. And maybe that's subjective. Maybe if we absolutely loved the humour of the film, then maybe we'd be singing a different tune. But we hated hated it. It was boring. (laughs) And and, and the, the wonderful slash boring thing is, I can probably, we could sit down with every joke. And I could go into detail as to why they didn't work. It, it's not just oh, it's not really my kind of humour. Like oh, pineapple express is not really not really for me. But this, yeah. I could sit down and go, okay, you see this word. You know where you put duck <laughs> in this sentence. Yeah, that's why this doesn't work because there was a there wasn't a joke in it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> it's interesting that this was the eighties that this happened in, and it really goes to show that it's not just now that things come out and just have been completely stripped or whatever it was that made them popular just to fit in with Mm. some sort of cookie cutter idea of what a movie should be. That's always sort of happened. Having said that, as usual, they've enlisted some people, they've gotten people together, and whenever people are gathered to try and make something, some of them will try to make it good, and good things will happen. So, let's quickfire. Quickfire. When he's he's watching duck-themed TV shows in his apartment, in yeah. the dark world, um, there is a there's a crazy Eddie sort of satire in there. There's a, there's an advert with somebody selling things that are so cheap, and he's called Crazy <laughs> Webby. 
Oh yeah, because yeah. of duck feet. Um, <laughs> but he's just smashing appliances and, and screaming and escalating as he goes, and that was pretty good. I thought. I thought the special effect of Howard flying through all the walls looked pretty good. Couldn't see any strings, yeah. and he was just flying through them, plaster flying everywhere, and all <laughs> over the duck boobs. Yeah, it looked uh, looked pretty good. When when Leah Thompson asks Howard if he's got anywhere to go, and he says, "If I did, I certainly wouldn't be in Cleveland." Maybe <laughs> made me go. <laughs> Because of the, yeah, pronunciation of Cleveland, I thought was quite good. Fish out of water type thing. Cool. Um, I really liked the shots of space after Howard shoots into it. And the narrator said with great portents, some really cool lines. But then he says, Howard the Duck. And it's like, oh, that's what this was. Um, I thought that Howard the Duck's habit of fixing his suit was kind of cute. Okay. When he was when he was either, either nervous or put out and he just turned around and started like, <laughs> writing his jacket. Oh, that's cool. Leah Thompson use, uses the word sleazoid in it, which is oh, a nice yeah. 80s word. Very nice 80s word. <laughs> and about Leah Thompson, I must say that I found her performance to be fairly charming. And yeah, I, true. She's, got, she's pretty charming, and she has a good singing voice and some really cool 80s fashion, including <laughs> mind-blowingly skimpy underwear. <laughs> it, it really does hug it. Yeah, she also, <laughs> looked, she also looked genuinely heartbroken when H- Howard told oh. her to piss off. Yeah, and that was nice. <laughs> Look, I thought Tim Robbins' entrance was fucking great. His initial, like, there were moments I wrote down the words. Oh, I quite like that Tim Robbins is giving. Oh, like, by the time I'd gotten <laughs> to the sentence, he had started annoying me. It just it, it starts to deteriorate like the Guy Fawkes signature. <laughs> <laughs> like fucking Charlotte Gainsbourg writing in <laughs> yeah. her book. It slowly went very Tim- wrong. <laughs> Through Tim Robbins, you were finally able to understand the the weakness in your sex. <laughs> That's fair enough. But yeah, initially when he comes out and he's got nervous energy yeah. and he's kind of giggling and he's goofy, I thought, oh great, this will be fun. Yeah. It's nothing! <laughs> it's nothing! Never mind! <laughs> Carry on, Dr. Chapin. Oh, here's the dynamism. Here's the temp, you know, the pace of the film. Finally. No, but unfortunately, no. No, he then leaves the film for a long time as uh, he goes and works in a sauna for yeah. perverts. Yeah. Oh, I like that after um, she's trying to smuggle Howard around the place because they're sick of being jeered out like, um, you know, freaks. So <laughs> she puts him in a bag and has him walking around in the bag. Uh, and there's holes all over the bag where his bill has previously poked through, um, implying okay. to us that um, he's been in there a while. Mm. Um, and it's been struggling the whole time. And that's visual storytelling, folks. Wow. Didn't have to tell us. They showed it and implied it with detail. Fuck. Imagine. Imagine such a thing. <laughs> Imagine oh, that. Well. Um, it's like a Tinker Tailor Soldier spy up in here. <laughs> Tinker Tailor Soldier See? male gang rape. It's a duck joke. <laughs> um, <laughs> because they reproduce via rape. <laughs> <laughs> PG-13. Look out, Willem Dafoe. <laughs> <laughs> What's that rustling in the trees? <laughs> 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 Um, if only. So the sound that Leah Thompson's duck purse keeps making was good. Yeah. Was good audio comedy. Oh yeah. During a fairly serious scene, it just kept going. Ah, and um, I don't know. I work for me. Yeah. <laughs> Hi everyone. I'm Paul Goodman. I'm an idiot. When Tim Robbins first is introduced to Howard the Duck, um, he says things like, "Quick, bend this pipe with your super strength." And burn a hole through this plank with your laser beam eyes. And it's like, where did he get yeah. those? <laughs> Where's he getting his supplies from? <laughs> that was almost like satire. That was like an airplane yeah. style 
like quick juggle these coconuts like what, what the f- i liked how the job seeker uh, lady was oh, treating yeah. howard the duck yeah. like just lowest of the low fucking doll scum yeah which he got revenge for by trying to sexually assault her by biting her ass yeah which was yeah a thing that happened great yeah good stuff loved it yeah um, I liked the evolutionary chart of ducks that they're imagining. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, the drawings are really good. It shows sort of the gradual progression from duck to man. Yeah, they to look, man duck. They look like uh, they were taken from a good comic book or something. I don't know. <laughs> Ooh. I, I, controversial. Again, I haven't actually read the comic books at all, so I don't know how similar the, the final pitch, final drawing of that duck is to the how the duck drawings, but I thought that it could have right. been. And if, and if it isn't, then yeah, it should have been. That may well be it, yeah. It would have been a nice nod to the comic books if nothing you know, nothing else was. Oh yeah, when he gets kicked off the bus near the end and people are jeering at him, yeah. one of the guys is on there and just says, That's a what duck! Is it? That's a duck, man! <laughs> that is a duck. He's correct, yeah. I feel like somebody had to point it out. <laughs> oh! It's a that's duck. That's why all the puns have been... Oh, fuck. Play duck. Oh, that's, oh. <laughs> that's, oh, that's really actually... It's actually... That, that really is actually... Very clever. Actually, <laughs> Mallard card. Oh, fuck! Gang rape. Fuck. <laughs> Howard being referred to as a music industry type, as a like <laughs> pejorative, was really good. I thought yeah. by one of the managers' oh, goons. Hired <laughs> goons. Yeah, said. Well, you know all these music industry types, <laughs> ducks in waistcoats. <laughs> I did like the Overlord in general. I liked how he looked progressively more mental as the film went on. Um, <laughs> I liked his spiked tongue. That was pretty much yeah. the fucking worst. Yeah. And the red light and electric effects coming off of him whenever he used his powers, I thought, was great. It reminded me yeah. a bit of, is it Brain Twisters? <laughs> great. That kind of, yeah, 80s yeah. video game aesthetic. And it was this Comic really book movie saturated, kind of show thing. Yeah, this really saturated yeah. red light that would illuminate wherever he was <laughs> just before he uses electricity it's pretty good i thought cool speaking of jeffrey jones the overlord mm-hmm. there's a bit where he starts criticizing the movie for us um she's like you've got to save howard i love him you barely know him <laughs> it's like yep. yeah that's true in that scene in the diner when them the, the crowd turn on him and they're holding him down to cook him uh. a hand comes in from screen left to garnish him and it's it's not <laughs> no nobody draws attention to it they're just sprinkling tarragon yeah. on him or something like that. <laughs> It'd be great if someone else's hand came in and like scraped it off. I don't like that. <laughs> no. no. I disagree over how to cook him. Then the sun comes yeah. up and they turn to stone. Oh, oh no. very clever. Oh, fable. Fable. Um, In spite of how long it goes on for and the terrible music they put on it, some of those shots with the plane were quite impressive. Like, actually having the actors in there, apparently. Mm-hmm. And the, Would you the say speed they were... of it. Nolan-esque? <laughs> Why not? I thought you were going to come up with a pun. Would you say they were <laughs> ductacular? <laughs> no. There were one or two shots that reminded me of shots from Dunkirk, weirdly. Um, <laughs> with the Yes, where like, the, foregr- the plane in the foreground and the background yeah. zooming past. Cameras yeah. on the wing and you've got yeah. a character's face as yeah the plane's going up and down. It was pretty good. There was some awkward back um, projection, though. <laughs> no, there wasn't. Yes, there was. The 80s green screen. <laughs> yeah, there was a little bit of 80s green screen, admittedly. <laughs> I like the design of the final form of the Dark Destroyer, if not quite the special effects that brought him to life. Mm-hmm. Um, he looked creepy and sort of 
Lovecraftian with all his little tentacles and shit. My final one was there's a really cool effect when mm. Filzy and Bev are shot and they go all pixelated and they're sort of frozen and screaming. Yeah. That also looked really good in the same sort of brain twisters way. <laughs> in that brain twisters way, you know. In that brain twisters kind of stamp of quality that we all have come to recognize, yeah. Well, I'll have my final word on this just being that I think Tim Robbins, Leia Thompson, and Jim, uh, sorry, Jeffrey Jones. Not Jim Jones. Oh, God, no. Uh, not leader of a suicide cult, Jeffrey Jones. The three of them, I think, were really, they were giving it everything. <laughs> like They were really determined to just go with this character. And the guy who voiced um, Howard the Duck. They all thought, fuck it, let's just really go for this. Which um, I feel like would have been a helpful attitude to have had during the screenwriting process. It was only them, really, that differentiated this between you know, this and some sort of boring slog like Sound of Thunder. Mm. Okay. So well, well, well done, humans. Well done, humans, for making this one. But let's 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 think a bit more about some of our favourite humans, uh, the OG team. The OG team. OG team. So, uh, Full Starts podcast said, oh God, we reviewed this back in episode five. <laughs> Is there anything good about it? Can I steal Nerdfest UK's suggestion of the stop-motion overlord, even if that is pushing the definition of good? Oh, Nerdfest (laughs) UK confirmed that, yes, Phil Tippett's stop-motion animated dark overlord creature at the climax. Also, it has a cheesy, catchy end credit song, and it's always nice to see Leah Thompson. Yay. Well, here's a good thing for you. I'm going to go listen to that episode 5 review of Howard the Duck. Um, See see how we compare. So you got yourself a listener there. (laughs) That's a good thing for you guys. How many times do they talk about Leah Thompson's vagina? <laughs> as many as us? I doubt it. Less than three? <laughs> Shame. Shame on you. Heath Graham says, duck boobs was weird as a kid, lol. So <laughs> It's good to freak yourself out as a kid, just every now and then. I will say, though, <laughs> yep. that that does persevere. That did stand the test of time. So, <laughs> <laughs> yep, Oof. it certainly did. Yeah. And, and again, you know, standing the test of time doesn't have to be a positive thing. It, can... <laughs> it was shit then. Okay, well, let's talk about the one better thing. The one better thing. Um, I've got a couple for you. Mm. What you've got here is the sort of noir style and a really great character, both of which were messed up in this. Now, if you want to see the noir style done well, well, we're going to recommend the third Ryan Johnson movie at last. It's Brick. Oh, good. Which set a sort of noir crime thriller inside of a high school, and it's got all of the actual things about noir that are things about noir. It's got sassy characters who talk, you know, like um, like Philip Marlowe, like the old um, mm. Raymond Chandler books. Um, you've got a world of sort of sex and danger and drugs as well, and sort of a plot that's very twisty and sometimes hard to follow, but... Um, like purposely, but that's not why you're there. You're there because the atmosphere is so great, because you love Joseph Gordon-Levitt's main character so much, and there's a bleakness to it as well, which was very much a staple of noir film uh, in the 30s and 40s. So it's just everything that they that noir does well <laughs> done brilliantly here. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and it's just Ryan Johnson's assured hand at the director's um stick. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think you can go back now and just see the the majesty in that. And it's also the film that, for me, made Joseph Gordon-Levitt mm. a serious actor. Yes, it was before um, 500 Days, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was a big turning point for him, I think. And the other film I'd like to recommend is about the character. And for the character, just have a look at Guardians of the Galaxy. Not Howard, oh, okay. not necessarily Howard the Duck, though. Howard the Duck is in <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy. And he's, you know, yes. you get a glimpse. You get a glimpse of what he was, what people liked about him. Um, what it could have been yeah. but actually Rocket Raccoon is basically that character 
he's an anthropomorphized mm. animal character who's very sassy, complains a lot, kind of sasses everyone else because of his own insecurities, is constantly put upon, but actually has a motivator for being a dick. You know, his horrible past and his insecurities as I think as he says at some point in the film, I didn't ask to be what I am. Yeah, it's a kind of sad character as well as a very funny one and a very caustic one. So, yeah, there's your Howard the Duck. Rocket the raccoon. There's your fucking Howard the Duck. <laughs> Cants. I don't think he knows what a duck is. Shut up. <laughs> I know things. <laughs> things like ducks. <laughs> I did for the quirky, controversial comic book adaptation. The one better thing should obviously be Deadpool, but in the interest of not repeating <laughs> ourselves, I think the natural next step is Bong Joon-ho's 2017 factory farming horror comedy, Okja. Yay! Obviously. That's how that works. Mostly because of the relationship between the main character, Mia, played very, yeah. very well by An So Hyun and Okja, the eponymous super pig around whom the film revolves. Also played by An So Hyun. <laughs> yeah, played by Min Sik Choi. <laughs> His least disturbing role yet. <laughs> yep. So there's a lot Ooh. to unpack, and I will hopefully get there in the next episode. But specifically to this recommendation, it is a likable, lovable, and believable relationship between a girl and her super pig. Very much set <laughs> in the real world, but with a story that properly transcends a reality that we tend to accept as the norm. It also has Paul Dano, Jake Gyllenhaal, and I think about 800 characters from Snowpiercer. So it's pretty good. Okay, that was a one better thing. The One Better Thing. Thank you so much for listening to One Good Thing. Yeah, thanks for holding our feathered hands through this quirky one-size-fits-all adventure. <laughs> if you have anything to tell us, like, uh, oh, we really love the episode, or do this film, or watch out for that car, you can get in touch <laughs> with us at Twitter at OGTPod, Facebook forward slash OGTPod. You can email us at gmail at OGTPod at gmail.com or dot gmail.com. It's very new and fancy. Do you know what? If you haven't left a review yet, why not do it now? They're creeping up. They've all been nice so far, so please don't <laughs> say, any, say anything bad about that. Please, our, our own emotional stability is so fucking fragile. Hinged. It's like, it's like a poppadom. It's like it's like a poppadom balancing on the duck's <laughs> bill. Finally, from me, my novel Dockhead is available on Amazon for five ninety nine. Absolutely, and my reviews are all over at Screen Mayhem. Check them out there. I've been seeing all the big blockbusters that everybody knows come out in March. Wow. <laughs> Block Marchster. Nah, puns are harder than I thought. Oh no, Howard the Duck's a genius. Knew it. It's really stood the test of time. Okay. I'm Paul Salt. I'm Paul Goodman. And remember, the one good thing about George Lucas's Howard the Duck is Leia Thompson and several other character actors all taking turns to interact with a two million dollar immobile face. <laughs>